Good afternoon. It is 16 minutes past two and it's uh, the Community Health and Wellness Show. And Fiona here with our guest, Paul Taylor from TaylorMade Physio. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Fiona. How are you? Very well, thank you. Well, I always like to start our guests off and let people know a little bit about you. So would you like to just expand a little bit and tell us where you started from and why you became a, a physio in the first place? Well, um, I started, I graduated back in 2000 from Griffiths University and I wanted to become a physio because I don't sit behind desks very well and the idea of being outside as a tradie all week just didn't appeal to me either. Um, I love sport and I love puzzles and physiotherapy is just uh, one big puzzle after the next one. Working out what the patient wants, needs, how that fits in with their everyday life um, is just perfect for me. Brilliant. Where did you actually start from? I mean, you, this is what your passion has now and obviously was at the beginning, but where did you start from? I was lucky enough to start at John Hunter Hospital um, in Newcastle. It was a real eye-opener uh, working in the public health system and RPA I followed, I spent my subsequent years. And you get a really good appreciation of different people and what they go through and what they have to work through. I met some fantastic physios throughout that time period. Um, and I learnt a lot. In fact, um, after working at RPA for a while, I went across to Concord Burns Unit, Concord Hospital Burns Unit, and was working there for a good nine months, and then the Bali bombing happened, and that was um, a really challenging time, but you meet lots of fascinating people and physios in that time period. I can imagine. You're you're a little bit modest because you've also worked... um on the Olympic team, I hear. I was uh, volunteering uh, back in 2000. I'm showing my age now. Um, when the 2000 Olympics were on, and the British Olympic team was out here, and they needed some volunteer physios to just help uh, get their athletes through and um, keep them as healthy as possible through the 2000 Olympics. So yeah, that was something that uh, we got involved in. And it was good. Did really you work good. in any gold or silver medalists by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the. I think they reserved those sort of patients for uh, for their higher level physios. <laughs> I think as a junior physiotherapist, they were uh, <laughs> they didn't let me near them. It would have been wonderful, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. <laughs> they worked on him. <laughs> it was great. There's um, it's uh, working with athletes is is really. Uh, provides its own challenges because they're not looking to get better they're looking to get back on the park and perform as well as they possibly can so they'll carry an injury into into their sporting arena and that's how they differ from the everyday person the average person wants to get better whereas the athlete wants to get back on the park as soon as possible even if they are carrying an injury so yeah it does differ i agree on that so what about your practice when did you start your practice and tell us a little bit more about that practice i believe it's impenant ills correct Yes, yeah. Um, we started that practice almost 16 years ago now and we're located in Pennant Hills and we're very um, very much proudly a, a local practice. Um, we believe in looking after our local community, both probably on a personal level as well as uh, the community itself. Um, so uh, we try to look after the person and get them better as fast as possible. I prefer doing it that way and getting them to refer five of their friends 
across to us as opposed to trying to hang on to them as long as possible and uh, treat them unnecessarily for long periods of time. And, and I know that because I've been one of Paul's patients many years ago and he, you know, he got me well very, very quickly and got me out the door, which is what was necessary <laughs> <laughs> until I then went and injured myself again and would go, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, we tend to find that happens quite a bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always those that like sports <laughs> or those that don't do the sports. So, but you know what we'll do? We'll come and have a look at some of the typical type of clients that you can help. Uh, first, let's listen to Pitbull. A uh, timber by Pitbull. That was the wonderful share. If I could turn back time, and let's face it, you know, if you have broken anything, injured anything, you all say, "Oh, if I could just go back there, I wouldn't have tripped on this, or I wouldn't have done that." And of course, that's why people like. Paul Taylor, our physio today, is so important because they fix and help us with those injuries. So, um, welcome back, Paul. I would like to ask you, who do you treat at the physiotherapist? I mean, your general sort of clients. Yeah, we treat everyone from the five-year-old right through the 95-year-olds and depends on... um, and anyone in between, really. And we treat a range of conditions. So we'll treat athletes. Uh, in fact, some of our athletes have uh, is due to go to the Pan Pacific Games uh, in, later this year. And one of my athletes from last year is actually playing football in Europe currently. And I think she is about to go across to America and join a team over there. So her family still sees me. Um, and, yeah, she's doing very well for herself. So... Yeah, we treat everyone from athletes right through to 95-year-olds who are just trying to get back on their feet after an operation. And, yeah, it's a really interesting mix. And, and that's wonderful too, isn't it? Because it's not just you at your, um, your practice. You've, got, you've a few people there, haven't you? Yeah, Adrian and myself work there. Um, Adrian's been out for almost five years now. He's, he's, uh, he provides a young dynamic to the group as opposed to us mid 40 year old <laughs> don't you dare say 40 years old <laughs> um yeah and we offer pilates and other things there as, as most physio practices do now um because it's such an essential part of rehab is that strengthening component of it i agree totally so maybe um give our listener an idea of how you approach certain conditions yeah, so understanding the condition is is really important. So if we say, for example, take uh, lower back pain, uh, most people have had some lower back pain at some stage of their life, and it is really important to appreciate what's causing the pain. So if someone has pain bending forwards, we're going to treat them differently to when they arch backwards. And tailoring that treatment's is, is essential, otherwise the person just doesn't get better any faster. And there's so much range within that. So is it the joint which is causing them the issue? Is it a bone that's fractured through that space? Uh, is it muscular or is it a nerve that's also being involved in that area? And each one of those considerations determines on how you tweak your treatment to get that better person better faster. Um, 
Yeah. So and the difference between somebody that's, you know, as you say, not very active and then someone who's a sport, a sporty person or someone who relies on a sport movement for their uh, role, how would you treat the two? You know? So if it depends on the priority of the person. So some appreciating whether the person is the pain that person's experience is actually causing them damage or it's just an irritation. So obviously if something's causing them damage and we try to discourage it as much as possible, whether they're a sporting athlete or whether they're um, an everyday person. But if that if it's just an irritation, can we allow that person to get back onto the sporting field or back to the things that they love, um, knowing that they may be just a bit sore after they do that. And it's an interesting conversation because we do this for athletes all the time. You have a sprained ankle two or three weeks ago, yes, it's still going to be a bit sore. If we tape you up, you can get you back on the field as really, really quickly. With our... And we should allow that for the general population as well. So if the grandmother is visiting the grandkids for a period of time, it's the first time they've seen them for three or four months, I'm never going to say to them, don't pick up the grandkids or don't play with the grandkids because... That's, that irritation they might suffer from that be well and truly worth the pain that they'll have afterwards. It's probably just having a plan after that. So, yes, you'll be sore after you play with the grandkids. Ice pack, gentle movements, exercises, stretches. Um, we'll book in and see you the day after. So they have a plan for it. So people will have different priorities. Um, but, yeah, we try to get people as better as fast as we can, but some irritation along the way should be allowed. So, effectively, you, you're doing a lot of questions of the actual client themselves, working out how quick or how fast they want to get well and what limitations they want to put on themselves. Yes. So, we may find that the athlete may take longer to feel better over a period of time, but they're still playing every week so that they can enjoy and participate in that sort of activities. Um, whereas other people just want to get better as fast as they possibly can, willing to stop a few things in the process and um, we'll strengthen those people up as much as we possibly can. It's really important to keep people active though. Uh, if we stop them doing everything, they get weaker because then they get stiffer and they get... So the pain may decrease immediately but they actually take longer to rehab because you have to actually build up the strength well your afterwards. muscles are meant to be moved aren't they i mean we're, we're dynamic humans are dynamic we have to move and mm. the whole the whole point of our joints and the way that they're made is so that they can be moved and and they moved in different ways and you uh, let's face it most of us over covid reduced our movement and then found that it took a fair bit of time to get us back into that movement period of, of walking, uh, maybe running, jumping, swimming, whatever it may be. Mm. Um, I know from aqua aerobics, a lot of the ladies that couldn't do the water suffered tremendously because they, they used that for their movement and then they were stiffening up so much. So, mm. yeah, uh, it is a, a limitation thing, but it's what they want to do, really. Yeah, exactly. And we will. the worst thing you can do after lower back pain is go to bed or sit down for a week um well i use the analogy if you and i to drive to queensland this afternoon we'd get out the car at the other end and we'd be stiff and sore not because we'd injured ourselves just because we'd been stuck in one position for a long period of time and so if we stop doing stuff or we have a sore back and we go to bed for a week, we may feel great when we're in the bed, but the moment we get up and get moving again, we're going to be stiff and sore. And the longer we're there, the longer we don't do much, then yes, we'll be sore. 
So, yes. Um, so one of the things that's common like that, I mean, I can probably uh, relate to quite easily is, you know, if when I work on the PC at home and you sit down for an hour and you get up and you kind of go, oh, that aches. So I run up and down the stairs a couple of times to go and get water because that just switches everything back on again. Or I decide I load the that those that are lucky enough to have a desk that can raise up and stand for a little while and, and put a different movement on. Yeah, and this is where we get to the point where variety is the spice of life. So if I stay in one position for a long period of time, then I will load particular structures when I sit in a really upright position or a slouch position. I'll load certain structures when I do them. Um, if I change my position, I change the load on those structures. So I might sit straight upright for a period of time and load one little structures, and then I'll slouch a little bit, and then I'll load a totally different set of structures. Some people have a misconception that I must sit up straight for long periods of time. Well, actually, if you did that, A, you'd be tired, and B, you'd probably end up a bit sore because you would have loaded one set of structures for a long period of time, and they get a bit irritated. So variety is the spice of life, changing position. And I think that's where the stand-up desk comes in, where because we sit yeah. in a position and we stand in a different position, and that's where that stand-up desk allows that variety. How does the ball work, by the way, when people sit on a ball? Because I've tried that a couple of times and just <laughs> given up with it. <laughs> that's a fad from the 90s. I was going to say, I, I just gave up with it. It just stayed outside <laughs> and used for my exercises instead. And I think that's a danger of the stand-up desk. Like, you and I have both had jobs where we've stood up for long periods of time, for 10 hours a day, and if you have been standing for 10 hours a day, you're going to be exhausted. And you'll end up sore in different parts. And I would suggest that um, ladies in high heels will appreciate the fact that if you stood for a long period of time, you'd be sore through the, your foot and your knees and your ankles. So I think stand-up desks provide a really nice variation, but I don't think they're um, going to be the big problem solve that everyone wants them to be. It's a nice variation, but not recommended to stand all day every day no i agree and again i think you're right that's what it is so well talking about sports paul i happen to know that you're a bit of a cyclist and so i thought i'd treat you to uh, one of our songs and i hope you like it out there listener it's queen with oh, yes bicycle race <laughs> i'll get him moving in the office guys okay we'll be back to you very short shortly and i'll see what paul thinks to my jokes Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. And that was Queen with Bicycle Race. And yes, I was moving on my chair, cycling along and having a lot of fun. <laughs> and Paul was sitting on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> so at this time, every single time, halfway through each hour, I tend to do some jokes. And of course, because we have a physio in as a guest, I have got to do a physio joke. So let me see whether he raises his eyes, rolls them or laughs. Are you ready, Lisa? This is for you. Why did the physiotherapist lose his temper? No idea. Because he didn't have any patience. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wanted to raise my patient's physical therapy expectations. 
so I kept them on their toes. No. <laughs> I love it. You know what's even more fun, listener, is watching the guests roll their eyes because it's aimed at them. I think even my kids be rolling their eyes at this. <laughs> we don't care, do we? What did the pinch nerve say to the patient before physical therapy? That was a pain in the neck. and that was jessica malboy with burn and i thought that that was rather appropriate right now at the moment while we have a a physiotherapist here paul taylor from taylor made physio over in pennant hills now paul i'd love you to tell our community out there a little bit about some misconceptions that are occurred in the marketplace over to you well i suppose the biggest one is um physios don't like chiros when in reality, I look at it as in good practitioners and bad practitioners more than anything else. Um, a good practitioner being someone who will do a proper assessment and have a plan for you, give you exercises to do between treatments um, and have a variety of treatments. That way, if something's not working for you, they can mix it up a bit and get it just right for you. I think anyone who does a cookie cutter sort of approach and treats everyone exactly the same, probably not the best. But there are certainly excellent physios out there and excellent chiros, and there's some really poor physios and really poor chiros out there. So I think I look at it more as in good practitioners and bad practitioners as opposed to one being better than another. I agree totally, and I've, I've met some fantastic chiros and some fantastic physios, and then some average ones too. So I totally agree. Um, and sometimes you have to just look around and find someone that's going to want to work with you. Yeah, and if you have a good practitioner, great, they're worth their weight in gold. But if you don't have a good practitioner, then shop around. There's some really good um, health health professionals out there. After all, listener, you have your body only once in life, yeah? You know, you literally are only 30 once you're only 40 once you're only 50 once and we need to get the best we can out of our own body so we deserve to look and find people that are important to us now if somebody um i was going to ask them if they wanted to come and see you but i think you have another misconception there don't you well there's probably getting back to your point after covid where we've all had a long period of inactivity that um, a good warm-up will replace years and years of inactivity and the number of people coming back after COVID or kids, etc., who will say to me, oh, you know, I did my hamstring. I did a great warm-up, but I still did my hamstring. How did that happen? You ask them, well, when was the last time you actually did a sprint? And they said, oh, 20 years ago. You're like, well, the warm-up probably is good, but not going to replace a slow work into that sport such as football or AFL or even just going for a jog. You have to build in slowly and a good warm-up's not going to replace years of inactivity. And, and the good thing about what you do is you don't just treat people in that half an hour that they're with you. You give them work practices, schedules to do at home so that when they come back to you, you know, dependent on their injury, they can then still be continually improving by the time they come back to you, correct? Yeah, and that's what a good practitioner should do. If you're just waiting for half-hour treatments, you know, two or three times a week or even just once a week, you're going to take a very long time to get better. So if you can do exercises or programs that, in the meantime at home, you'll get better much faster. So, 
Yes, um, it's essential to do some exercises at home. I agree totally. So, so Paul, look, over at uh, TaylorMade Physio, how does somebody get hold of you? If a listener out there is going, you know what, Paul's the sort of man I actually want in my life. I want him to help me out. Um, they could be, remind me some of the clients that you've got. You've got athletes. You've got people of different ages. Um, people that have just slipped their yeah, yeah. What are some of the ailments that they need? Uh, so we treat sore backs and sprained ankles and sore shoulders and post-operative care, um, athletes with a variety of injuries, just just about everyone who's got a bodily ache or pain. We've, we've seen before and have gotten them better before. So, um, again, just a proudly community physio that will just get you better faster and i'd rather you refer five people to me rather than just try to keep you on your books as long as possible yeah and i love that yeah. high integrity thank you paul very much so how do they get in contact with you well this will surprise you because we can actually book online now through our website <gasps> technology <laughs> wow <laughs> it's uh if anyone is if fiona knows that well, i'm a bit slow with technology so yes we've finally got a book online program through our for our website or you can call me on 9481 9856 9481 9856 plug it 9856 with um uh you i think you'll listen to answer your phone call and book you in now if you miss that number okay what we will do is we will be posting that on the community health and wellness website it will also be on the alive 90.5 facebook website and also you can email me at fiona at alive 905.com.au so if you've missed anything on there they will all be listed on the Facebook side I'll print up the recording of our wonderful Paul and I thought that what we might do is as we head into two minutes to two we'd have a little bit of Elvis Costello Oliver's Army and I'd like to thank you Paul for coming on to the show today thank you for inviting me Fiona you're most welcome